It's coming. And it tastes so sweet. You'll hop when you eat. Come Hold on to your tummy. We got something good. With my hauntingly delicious cereal. It's so good, I crinkle every time I eat it. Hello and welcome to Serial Killer, the podcast where we pair true crime and cereal. I'm still using that. <laughs> my mom's trying to be helpful. Yeah, mom's trying to be helpful and she stole my bowl. Um, <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Anastasia Washington, and with me, as always, is the amazing Maria Spertolosi. Yes, hello. Hello, I said it at the same time as her. I didn't know if you were going to say it, so I just started saying it. I know, we just, we were not, like, we, yeah, we didn't link it up, but we we got it, we're here. Um, We got there, yeah. So today, as we kind of said on the previous episode, we are talking about the documentary that just came out about the Hotel Cecil. Mainly, um, it was focusing on Lamb, Elisa Lamb, whichever way you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, So we're going to discuss her death and also the documentary today. Um, because it was an interesting one. Um, yeah, very interesting watch. Yeah, um, but we'll get into that. Uh, but first, we will pair it with a cereal, as we do on this show every week. Um, the cereal um, that was uh, amazingly provided by Maria this week um, <laughs> is Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes, because you are very unlucky if you stay oh. at the Cecil Hotel. Oh. Okay. Very was, nice. Your, your flakes could also probably be frosted with drugs. <laughs> they're frosted. Yes, frosted drugs. Yes, yes, yes. Instead <laughs> of being sugar, it's drugs. And there's something wrong with your water. It's frosted. Yeah. Um, with body. Um, gross. Um, I'm gonna try it dry. <laughs> hmm. Not bad. It's not bad. I I don't think frosted is actually like frosted flakes, frosted flakes because they look different. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I would say, is frosted flakes even made by the same people, or is that? I don't think so. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but they look different. They taste different. They're a little bit more healthy tasting. (laughs) They taste grainier. Yeah, they taste uh, a little bit more like sturdy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I, I yeah, I don't know. I mean, they taste good, but they they definitely are like a little hardier and differently shaped. Like, look at how yeah. huge it is. It's like big. That very interesting. They're all long. I mean, I'm knife up. And I don't really like, I don't need the the marshmallows, but that's, you know, how I feel about Mark. Yeah, I'm like, I could not have the marshmallows, but I am going to have them. They're fine. They're just like chewy um, sugar. Yeah, that's, that's accurate. So knife up. Um, okay, let me try it with the, I almost said with the cereal, but obviously what I meant was with milk. milk. 
my brain today, you guys, and every day. Um, okay. I real don't like the. I real don't like the um. Marshmallows. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something like textury. I don't like it. They, I was gonna say they get this weird texture when you add milk to them, and that's super unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, I don't like the feel. It gives me like texture anxiety. Ooh, yep, 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 yep. Um, I mean, I guess the taste. I'm gonna put a knife on the table for what I can't. <laughs> I can't take that texture. It like gives me a toothache. <laughs> Fair. It's seems very sweet yeah um but you know you may like it if you like those um over like that yeah good for you um (laughs) so that's our cereal um i would say it'd be a really good cereal bar of some sort you know like um i don't know add more marshmallow to it but like good marshmallow (laughs) And then make it into a cereal bar. And I'm sure it will be very enjoyable for all. That's 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 my statement. All right. <laughs> Lovely. Um, but let's get something to completely uh, uh, maybe knife down. Um, <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the death of Elisa Lamb, um, who died in the Cecil Hotel um, and who is currently the... Um, Subject of the Netflix docu docu series "Crime Scene: The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel." Now, I think we have to first, before we even talk about um, the case itself, we have to talk a little bit about the Cecil, right? We get we gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A we history, have to a history of that and the area. Yeah, and the area. Um, so the Cecil Hotel is a very old hotel in. Um, Los Angeles, I think, I believe it was like 1930s. 1924 uh, is when it went up, and it cost $1 million of 1924 money, which is like $14 million in today money. Yeah, it was a big budget hotel with like big... Um, yes, 700 plans, rooms. Big plans, too. Like, it was not It was not um, what it is today, which is... Uh, <laughs> it was a luxury well, hotel, you know, this very, is where... Downtown LA not right was not what it is today right and so um going off that it had it has been around for a very long time and it is in a high traffic area um in the 20s and 30s and 40s and um the train line Exactly. So you have a lot of people coming in and out of town for various reasons. So I think that leads to a lot of, uh, I don't know, different kinds of people coming in and out. And then we go into the current state uh, or or we go into the 70s and 80s where it becomes very, very rundown, very um, yeah. much in rough. the middle. Yeah, very rough in the middle of Skid Row. Um, which is, uh, if you're not from Los Angeles, um, is probably the, I believe they say the nation's, uh, biggest, um, concentration of, yeah. of homeless. Um, yeah. And it's 
what LA did in the late 60s and 70s was they put all of the like homeless services in Skid Row. They just moved them all from where they were so that it would just be like, well, and here are all of the homeless vagrants in this right. one cluster. Exactly. And, um, you know, you have a variety of people in that area of LA that are not, you know, living their best life um, at the moment um, for a a variety of reasons. And they're also, yeah. And there's also like a stigma of that area. Um, And um, for that reason, I feel like more than any reason, more than like a sinister paranormal reason, I think socioeconomically, um, these are forgotten people or these are people that are not treated uh, in the greatest in society. And they are also, a lot of them are in different areas of their life, either suffering from addiction or down on their luck or depressed or anxious. Or or It's also um, one of the historians in the documentary talked about how that's where if you were released from uh, like a psych ward or Mm -hmm. from prison or from county jail or something, and you didn't have a like place to go, they would just drop you at Skid Row. Right. Right. This is, this is, you know, the first stop of, I guess the first stop that they would make uh, when you just got out of something very, (laughs) I'm going to say traumatic. Um, Yeah. But, uh, so that, that should tell you kind of what the kind of people, um, that are coming there. And I guess my, my, I, my thought process is that this is why it's gotten the, um, paranormal supernatural feel about it, because I think there's a higher concentration of people, um, and again, I can't compare it to other hotels because we don't really know, like, yeah. stats on hotels and on hotel crime. <laughs> right. But this one for for location, socioeconomical reasons and et cetera, has gotten a large amount of crime and a large amount of notorious people um, that yes. stay there. And I think the one of the reasons also, I think, is because of uh, the area they kind of are like a little bit more like whatever you need to do dude like they're like kind of like ask mm-hmm. don't ask don't tell kind of thing and um i think that's why we have two major serial killers that have lived there there yeah um during their crime sprees um but this has very little to do with elisa lamb and her story yeah. Yeah, it but it is the context in which it takes place as this and it was what when when did this happen? 20 2013. I knew I was like it was bef- it was right before I moved to Los Angeles it happened. Yeah. And um and back then it was it was like just it was starting to be up up and coming as they say the gentrifiers moved in there were all these like crazy expensive lofts i think johnny mm-hmm. depp still owned like two penthouses in downtown la in yeah. this like area yeah it was it was starting in, in the hotel itself was starting to kind yeah. of try to like rebrand almost rebrand they like split the hotel into two one area was kind of like more of a um 
It was a like a hostel. hostel. Yeah. Where it, yeah, it was targeted at like young travelers and people from foreign countries and right. those, yeah, looking for like a commu- more communal staying experience. I will say one of the fallacies that I kind of um, liked that they kind of cleared up about it was that Elisa Lamb chose to to stay there, maybe not knowing exactly how bad the neighborhood was, but she chose to stay there because she was very much into Art Deco and Art Nouveau and all that stuff like this. And this is a beautiful old hotel with a lot of history. And that was one of the reasons she stayed there. Yeah. Well, in the, that area, that area of downtown LA is one of the few places in Los Angeles that still has some of that original art deco architecture and stuff. And they do do like walking tours of it. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, even her scream name kind of reflects yeah. that she was very well, much into that. Yeah. So, um, because I think a lot of people kind of put it like this, like, oh, she accidentally stayed in a bad hotel and like i i can understand that a little bit as someone who has like gone to other cities and thought oh this will be great and then gotten there and been like yeah this is not okay right uh because you just don't know you're you're doing your research online you're looking at pictures you know no hotel's website is going to be like this is where the crack addicts live sometimes you know (laughs) Right, yeah. They're not going to add. It's a beautiful hotel, and also, if you are into crack, great for you. And also, (laughs) if you really love drugs and walking over needles, this is the place. I mean, I think more people should market that way. (laughs) Hey, I would. (laughs) But it, like they, they showed footage inside the hotel and everything and I have 100% stayed in a hotel like this but it was in New York and it was next to uh Madison Square Garden and we only got a hotel room because we were going to see a concert and just like needed somewhere to put our things <laughs> I have I have uh stayed in similar places um the most um uh ridiculous one I ever stayed in was called it was supposed to be called the hotel Seattle, but as soon as we got there, one of the letters were, was out, so it was the hotel settle, and um, that should <laughs> that have been should first, have yep. the first, the first thing. But no, um, open um, piping, um, yes. color running down the walls that shouldn't be. Yeah, um, no, they, uh, they interviewed a couple that were like, "We stayed there, and the lobby was really nice. We thought it was going to yeah. be good, and then we went upstairs, and like our feet stuck to the floor, and I was like, that's happened to me.'" Yeah, that's yep, absolutely yep, happened to me. I got dermatitis from that hotel. <laughs> God, so bad. Um, but uh, Elisa Lamb stays at the Hotel Cecil, kind of knowing a little bit of the architecture and maybe the history, maybe not knowing exactly how much the neighborhood is. Um, yeah, how how potentially rough the neighborhood can be. Right, right. Um, she stays there. She she goes and she travels from her she, home. Did she start in San Diego? She's from Vancouver and she goes on this like tour of California. And I right. want to say she started in San Diego and then went up to yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. It was her, Los Angeles was her second stop. She still was going to go to like San Francisco San and some other, yeah, yeah and all uh, some other areas. Um, and she was traveling alone, which I 
I understand people uh, encourage people to travel alone once in their life. Um, hey, I, I have done it twice now. Um, the first time I went to Portland for a weekend and the second time I went to Vancouver for like a yeah. week. Um, and it's super great and it's super fun. And I very much encourage people to travel alone. Yeah. But I re I heavily researched my whole trip beforehand. I knew what buses to take. I knew like I had written everything down so that if right. I lost my phone or anything, I could still get places and contact people. Like at no point did I take any the quote unquote chance. Cause I knew I right. was alone. <laughs> and I think she was very similar to that. Um, yeah. as she was very planned out. Um, and mm -hmm. she was very, um, in communication with her family. Yes. Um, and she was also very active on her Tumblr page throughout too, posting right. photos and blog entries. But, uh, for, uh, for some reason, um, or for reasons we will later know, um, she goes missing and doesn't call her um, parents and also uh, doesn't make the next, like, doesn't check out, doesn't make the next like, yeah. trip. Yeah, she was supposed to, like, get on a flight or something. She was supposed to check out and, like, she had a plane ticket or a train ticket and she misses that. Mm-hmm. And so um, a search begins for her. Um and uh, the whole hotel is uh, is searched, and um, nobody finds, um, you know, uh, her. But they find her stuff still in the hotel room, um, and and yeah, and it goes into a a, a like what oh, I think it's like a month long. It's, it took. 19 days from her yeah. being like officially declared missing for them to find the body. So like, yeah, about just under a month. Just under a month. Um, uh, yeah. Three weeks or so. And, um, there during this time, um, a video of her, um, goes viral. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. This that I found very interesting is that the Los Angeles Police Department had to pull like most of the people from the investigation to go on to a different investigation where a former cop was like attacking the LAPD systematically. Right. So they went from 18 detectives to four who had to like scan all of the video footage. So they finally found this video footage of her in an elevator and they release it. And it's like a four minute clip and she's only in like two and a half minutes of it. Right. And then you just like watch this elevator. Yeah. The elevator, she's in the elevator. She's pushing all the buttons. She goes out of the elevator and looks like she's kind of scared of something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she comes back in, pushes all the buttons again. Um, and then um, eventually goes out of the elevator, seems like she's talking to somebody, and then leaves uh, the frame of the, the mm -hmm, elevator yeah. camera. Um, and so for this, many people believe that she was being attacked, or 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 uh, many people uh, automatically think it was something paranormal. <laughs> That's, yeah, the people on the internet are like, something, something's happening. She's communicating with something. They show all these web sleuths and like YouTube right. clips, and I'm just like... I don't know. My biggest question is why that elevator door won't close. Right. And um, if you watch the documentary, <laughs> you will know why the elevator didn't um, close four hours into it. 
I would say it's at the very end. <laughs> at the very end, the two things that really matter <laughs> to solving this, you will find out in the last 10 minutes. You know, it's frustrating how they formatted it. Yeah, and I also think editing would have been great. Um, yeah, I feel like it, it could have been like, a two and a half hour just like movie like I don't think yeah. they needed that four part <laughs> structure with it and they especially, most of episode three was just talking to and about all these web sleuths and I got what they did eventually but in the moment I was like why am I watching all these people speculate about a person they've never met I also think it became redundant in that like we we were hearing the same thing and we yeah. weren't it wasn't like this one was more credible yeah. than this one. No, it was just all the same people on the internet who had the same information that right. like we had the documentary had. Mm-hmm. I just I wrote down, I was taking notes and I wrote down these internet people weird me out. Do they know role play forums exist? <laughs> because that one guy was like, it felt like my sister died. And I was like, yeah, you can get that same feeling, but without being invested in a dead person. Right. You just like, Family needs closure and for you all to stop putting a Facebook page out there about their dead daughter. And also one of the things um, that it kind of discussed in the documentary was how these web sleuths and also these web enthusiasts um, yeah. took down somebody's, well, I don't know if I can call it his career. I don't know how successful he was, but they kind of like went after this guy and um, on very little evidence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that was the theme throughout. At one yeah. point, oh, yeah, they, like, they, they get the coroner's report, and one of the internet people is like, mm, I don't agree with that. And it's like, based on what? Based on his years of watching <laughs> Law & Order. Oh, I'm sorry, you've watched every season of Psych? <laughs> well, that makes you a credible source. Like, mm-hmm. what's happening? Yeah, it was it was interesting how much time they gave yeah, they really, I feel like the first episode really rushed through the whole investigation. Like, you go through literally all of it and this one dude talking for most of the episode, and then you, like, almost never see him again. Right? And I was like, I just kind of want to know the facts. Like, I feel yeah. like that was the like, whole I was thing. very interested in that, like, giving the context of the hotel and the area around it. And I yeah, did like I them that. interviewing that couple who stayed at the hotel and who were like the catalyst for going and checking out the roof and the water tank. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Like they were really good and gave a lot of like, I think, um, ground and contact to the whole situation, which was very needed. I would have liked to see more, less web suits and more, personalized um people that interacted with her yeah yeah like they they um the hotel manager says that there were some girls she had she'd stayed in a communal room and then the girls complained about her behavior so they moved her to a private room and like maybe talking to some of those girls or even having the hotel manager expand on what any of that meant would have they didn't expand it on it until like the fourth episode and they yeah. like it was like it was, it was very like, I was like that's the most important so short yeah the yeah. the state of yeah. her mind that's- was the most important to me like I knowing about her knowing about once we started to know even a little bit about that we're like 
it, it almost felt oh, more yeah. like, oh, yes, that. Yeah, exactly. It opens it up a lot more and it's you finally feel like, oh, OK, this wasn't I mean, we don't fully know, but this wasn't like, oh, some crazy person off the street killed her in cold right. blood or whatever, you know, or like, oh, it wasn't, you know, an apparition that told her to jump off of the roof, like any crazy supernatural yeah. shit. <laughs> I still thought until the very end, and I know they wanted you to do this intentionally because they. <laughs> yeah, they, they lead you like it. Yeah, they were like, the thing was closed. The water uh, uh, tower Door, yeah. was closed. And there's physically no way she could jump down there and also close it. There's just no way. It's a heavy thing yeah. unless she had, like, in- that incredible power of, like, stretching. Like, <laughs> you know? But, yeah, some acrobatics, for sure. <laughs> some acrobatics. Um, and, I, and that was the thing that I was like, well, there had to be somebody else involved till the very last second until they told us that the maintenance guy that that met that saw uh found her close mm-hmm. yep 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 um i was like things i could have been told an hour ago hours ago <laughs> hours and hours ago um so no, but no instead i watched no, instead, <laughs> instead we talked about it, these internet we watched, you know, bloggers go around with selfie cameras uh, in the hotel oh for God. no reason. We create the whole thing, which is like, why? And I had such faith in the executive producers of this. Um, it's brought that, to you by the people who brought us Arrested Development, I noticed. It's Ron yes. Howard and Brian Glazer. Yes, and also, um, I believe the same filmmaker as the Ted Bundy team. I'm, and those yeah. were decent. Those were all decent. Um, so I was like, oh, they're going to. And I, what really should have been a dialogue about mental health and, and, and uh, this poor woman that was going through some obvious internal yeah. turmoil um, turned into like about these people that knew nothing, didn't know her, didn't know the situation and mm-hmm. were just speculating which could have been also, you know, maybe like a very in-depth view about like the ridiculousness of like even people like me that speculate about <laughs> stuff, yeah. you know. Um that could have been a very interesting filmmaking piece, but it was kind of um lost. I did think it was interesting to hear um the guy that they thought uh, the um oh my god, he was a death metal singer. Um yeah. Um that that just like really had um a time um after being accused they shut down his YouTube his his yeah. all his social media was shut down just on the speculation um and I felt like the gothic kid in me uh felt mm-hmm. very bad for him cuz I remember you know, growing up during the Columbine years and wearing a trench coat before Columbine and, and being, you know, the gothic hot oh, yeah. topic. Wearer. Um, and, and it was always the finger was you. You were the one that did something because you dressed like you that. Look and you look different, yeah, yeah. Right. So I felt for him. I really, I really did because I was just like, um, I'm glad that he's continuing on, but it was very interesting to hear from him. And um, it is very weird that that you can find different 
coincidences, but I think if you look hard enough in somebody's stuff, you can find exactly. Um, you know, yes, he did stay there. He wasn't there at the time. He was in Mexico, and he did make these, uh, you know, videos uh, that were depicting, you know, murder and stuff like that. But that was part of his artistic. Yeah, and it also wasn't in the way that like. For example, Marilyn Manson, who has recently been publicly <laughs> named by Evan Rachel Wood, Marilyn Manson has done some, like, really horrible things in the name yeah. of art. Mm-hmm. But then people have been like, no, that was, like, nobody signed up for this. <laughs> Everyone right. showed up, and then he decided this was what was going to happen. Right. Whereas, yeah, this metal singer was just, like, trying to make music and stuff that he connected with without harming other people. Right. I I felt I felt really bad for him. Um and I mean I'm glad that that this at least kind of clears that up. Um yeah. I don't he ever got like redemption thing. Like there was like no redemption from any of the people that were like, yeah, it was him, but <laughs> um I don't That's think he's going to get that. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> But ultimately, if you watch the documentary, which I feel like you can watch the first episode and the last episode, episode, (laughs) um, or just watch it all and complain about it like we did. Um, (laughs) um, Ultimately, what we kind of find out is that she was feeling good. She was feeling independent. She was feeling, um, and she went off her meds, um, which... um, as a person that has bipolar members of her family is, is a very common thing when they, when they're feeling like feeling good. Um, good. Yep. They stop taking their medicine and not really equating to the fact that the medicine is the reason why they're feeling good. Um, and so for some reason, um, it seems like she took her own life. And um, again, I don't think we'll ever be a hundred percent. But family has accepted that. I think the police have accepted that. Um, And uh, yeah, it's real tragic. Um, It's just a real case of mental health. Yeah. Um, And I wish that there was a little bit more respect for that and her. Um, And I hope that at least taking from that documentary uh if people walk away at least acknowledging that this was a, a a woman that was going through some stuff and um that we need to be more responsible for our mental health people um, yeah. <laughs> um yes yeah i think that would be the most important takeaway i would say uh, watch the documentary i think i i watch everything i watched the most horrible albert fish documentary <laughs> Um, and I'll have to talk about it in one of our next episodes. But I, I watch, I watch it, I watch it all because I, I do like to hear the different perspectives. And um, yeah. this one is long, but I, I do think there are moments that are definitely worth it. Um, but it's yeah. very interesting, and it's very, it's also I think a good. Um, opener to like looking at how we treat mentally uh mentally ill people or people with difficulties like that 
because they do talk about Skid Row and the issues with just Skid Row in general. Um, And that's something that I I have lived in L.A. for like six, seven years now, and I had no idea um, why or how or any of that about Skid Row. I just knew that I hated going to downtown L.A. because I frequently saw random tits I didn't want to see or had to step over like crack pipes and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Listen, I don't know what the, uh, what the, um, answer is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't think any of us do. Uh, but I will say that, um, that there is definitely a need for people to know about this and what's happening and see, see if there's a way that we can help. I think awareness yeah. is one of the biggest things that we can do right now until we figure out what the heck it means <laughs> to, to, to be helpful. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I think I would give the documentary a knife on the table. Yeah. Uh, I, I would so. have liked to know more about her. I would have liked to know more people that I uh, heard from more people that knew her or were in the situations mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And for, for whatever reason, I know how it is making documentaries that um, sometimes you can't get those interviews. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, which would have been nice to even just be like, these people were contacted and did not want to like and decline. Yeah. Decline. Uh, yeah. I, but I yeah, just so that, that we know, because you're right. It does feel it felt a little weird. Even in the Night Stalker documentary, there were people that they interviewed who had known him at various times. Yeah, it would have been it would have been very interesting. But I will say um, that is a brief overview of the case. It, it does not seem like there's anything supernatural. It just seems um, like a very tragic situation. Um, yeah. And you can find that documentary on Netflix. Um, and uh, there's plenty of stuff about the hotel, Cecil, on oh, yeah. uh, and investigation discovery and stuff like that. Yeah, there are um, also, yeah, a bunch of books that have been yeah. written about it. Tons, tons. So if you're more curious about that, um, I do believe that it has been bought and is going to be um, gentrified again. So uh, uh-huh. that is where we are with that. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, but you can find us at Pod Serial Killer on all social media. You can um, donate to us at Anchor.fm or on our Patreon, which is also Pod Serial Killer. You can email us PodSerialKiller at gmail.com if you have any um, suggestions or anything like that. Tweet at us, Instagram us. We love it. Um, we love the input. Um, and uh, you can find me at Anastasia W on Twitter, at Anastasia Wash on Instagram, Anastasia TV on YouTube, Anastasia W on TikTok, and my one woman show <laughs> will be on March 24th. You can find the link in all of my uh, social media. Where can people find you, Maria? They can find me on Twitter at Maria Longname. Yes, they can. Yeah. So, uh, Stay safe, everyone. And don't be a dick. Bye.